there, Art History Babe Nation. Got a couple of updates for you because that is apparently what we do at the beginning of episodes now. Let's see. It is March and we have a couple of cool things going on. We have a spring giveaway. So you could be entered to win an original artwork by Tiana Bracey, contemporary artist out of Chicago. Art History Babe stickers, a Van Gogh Smoking Skull t-shirt, a Diebenkorn exhibition catalog, and a pair of studio headphones. So a lot of goodies in this month's giveaway. To be entered to win, you gotta show us some love on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Uh, Write us a review. Head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, write us a review, and then screenshot said review and email it to us at arthistorybabes at gmail.com. I believe you can only write one review per account, so you can only really do one entry unless, of course, you can hijack some accounts of your friends and family. So to be entered to win, you must email us a screenshot of your review by April 10th, and the winner will be chosen. So yeah, good luck, everyone. And also, for those of you who don't know, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. And every month, we do an exclusive bonus episode for our patrons. You can become a patron for as low as $1 a month. And our March bonus episode is going to be a Q&A with all four of the Art History Babes. So me, Nat, Ginny, and Jen will all be present and we'll be answering all all of your questions. In order to participate, you have to be a patron, obviously, and you have to submit your questions via Patreon by March 30th. We will answer every single question, so any questions you may have about art, school, pop culture, personal life, whatever, we will answer your questions. If you maybe had a question for us or emailed us and you still haven't heard back or we haven't gotten around to it, this is a great time to get your question answered. If you want to participate in that, just head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes and get your question in. Also, quick shout out to our producer level patrons, Sarah Sawatchka Dalton, Anne-Marie Piccioni, and Teresa Rogers for keeping the Art History Babes going, as well as a thank you to all of our patrons. Another cool thing we're doing, we're on Spotify now. Um, The podcast is on Spotify and has been on Spotify for a while, but we're also doing playlists. So if you search for us on Spotify, in addition to the podcast, there is a personal account that has playlists inspired by works of art and just episodes of the podcast. We're going to be doing those every so often. So check us out, follow us on Spotify. And lastly, if you haven't, make sure to check out artandobject.com. We've been partnering with them for a while now. It's a really great website. I've been getting a lot of my contemporary art news from Art and Object lately. It's a great mix of contemporary art news and just information involving art and art history. You've got podcasts, you've got articles, videos, all kinds of stuff, all in one convenient location. So be sure to check out artandobject.com. That's all I got for you right now. Thank you so much for listening and supporting and enjoy the show. Let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. We are two of the four hosts of the Art History Babes podcast. And this is our first live event, our first live podcast that we're doing. And we're very lucky to be joined by Kim Martindale. 
And yeah, we're going to talk about the LA Art Show and what we do as podcasters and how it kind of interacts with what you do. So Well, I'm honored that the first live podcast <laughs> is at the LA Art Show. So thank you. We're very honored to be here. We're very excited and a little nervous. So. But I guess to get started, if you're unfamiliar with our podcast, our show. We are art historians by training. We have our master's degree in art history. And our show is really focused on taking art history as well as contemporary art and just various aspects of visual culture and making it accessible to a large audience by bringing in pop culture, also being very casual in our approach to it. So really our main goal and our main focus is to make the study and interest in art a more widespread thing, I guess. Yeah, we want it to feel approachable and digestible and not just for people who are trained in fine arts or art history, but for people who are just interested in art. We want to be kind of a conduit between regular speak and art history jargon. Kim, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I've always loved art. My bedroom, I named it the Kimrarium Museum when I was six years old. <laughs> I produced my first art show when I was 16 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, the first ever antique American Indian art show. I started this show 24 years ago with an organization called Fine Art Dealers Association. And really the reason I do these shows is from a passion of wanting to share art with a broader group of people, my passion, to share that out. And I guess that was really why my bedroom was called the Camerarium Museum, was because I wanted to share things and invite people into my environment. And now kind of my environment are the art shows. And I love sharing what I love with the world because I think art is a wonderful form to share the whole world. Like I think it is an easy introduction to other cultures and I love culture, I love travel. So art is just my passion, my love, and it's great doing what I love to do. Great. So kind of going off that, I guess, it sounds like our interests and your interests obviously align. In running a show like this in L.A., how do you approach that really big task of getting people interested and making art and contemporary art accessible for people that maybe aren't already in the art world? Well, I think that the L.A. art show is growing a lot. It's in the 24 years. The first show was, you know, 12 dealers or 14 and 200 people attended. So it's been a process. And I think L.A. itself has been a process of how they engage with art, the people of Los Angeles, and how is art important in their lives or is something that's a copy of something just the same as an original and these kind of questions. And I've seen L.A. change a lot in that, which is exciting. And this show is a modern and contemporary show, but it has a root section, which has more traditional work as well. And I feel that even though the world is really surrounded a lot by very cutting edge, very contemporary work, I also have the feeling that it's important to share other types of art as well, to make it accessible to people and to really let people help choose themselves what they really respond to rather than people that might be the curators or the experts in the art world being completely the dictators. I think that there are guides and help us understand art, but I think it all comes down to us as individuals to really see what we love and what we appreciate. And that's why in the LA Art Show example, it's a very comprehensive show and we have a lot of diversity here. 
And a lot of shows you go to or I go to and I fly around the world are very highly curated to only one specific type. And I love seeing those shows on one hand because I really get a window into that world. But what I love about the show that I've created, and I guess that's why I've created it this way, is that comprehensive nature, that this show has a wide variety of things from ink painting to very contemporary performance art to traditional work. And I think it's reflective of Los Angeles that is a community that's really learning about how to collect art. And I think that major collections are starting to be formed here in Los Angeles. And I don't want it to be just about one type of art if they have a response to multiple types. Obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. So in trying to put together a show like this with such a broad approach to art and curating art. What are some of the big challenges you run into in putting together something that appeals to a community like Los Angeles? Well, I think the most difficult thing over the years has actually been getting, even though LA is probably one of the most creative cities in the world because of the movie industry and other industries that are here. And I think it's full of more theaters than in New York. But yet, I go to theater very seldom in L.A., but whenever I fly to New York, I think I have to go see theater because I'm in New York City. And I think that that's where L.A. engaging in art is really about L.A. taking pride in art and engaging in it. And it's something that I've seen L.A., and it's really exciting to see L.A. really starting to respond to art and new museums opening here. So... 10 years ago, or even I could say three years ago, when I went around the world and I was trying to bring people to Los Angeles, people would say, LA. And then I wasn't talking about an art show, I was talking about LA, and I had to get over that hurdle before I could even talk about them coming to an art show in Los Angeles. At this point, LA is an exciting place, and I think it's really the people that live in LA and people that come and visit LA that then start asking like, oh, there's the bro that just opened, I wanna see it, or the Marciano Foundation, or LACMA's doing this exciting new thing, or the Getty's doing this. And all of a sudden it's people that come here and Angelinos are saying, hey, when you come and visit, we want to share the art culture that's here. And I think that that has made this show a more exciting show and a bigger show and made my job a little easier that now when I travel around the world, people say, LA, oh, that's an exciting place for art. I want to hear what's going on. I want to come and be part of that. So I think that it's about a whole community and what they choose to embrace. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you call Los Angeles a hurdle or like explaining that to people a hurdle because when I think of Los Angeles as an art hub, I think of it as booming and growing. So yeah, you said like 10 years ago, that kind of shifted. and It started to shift. And yeah. really only in the last two or three years has it really shifted. Yeah. And I think that at this point, we are challenging to be the art hub and the art center for the United States. I still think that that belongs to New York at this point. Yeah. But I do think that we're really in a position with what's happening in the art world here to really become that. And especially, I think that a, even though Europe has amazing art and it's something, as I say, we can never turn our back on in the LA Art Show or the United States. But I really think some of the more exciting things that are happening in the art world are being done in Latin America or Asia and then in Africa. 
And so I think that we are certainly at the crossroads for that here in Los Angeles and the Bay Area to an extent, but just because Los Angeles is such a large city that we really are that hub for it. And it's exciting to be in this position. And it's exciting for me after 24 years to actually see Los Angeles become this place. Because as I first said, I do this because I love art and I want to share art. And to actually be in this place now, to be living in the city of Los Angeles, I think anyone that lives here should take pride and be excited that we're in this moment in Los Angeles that really, for the art world, is incredibly excited to have the world starting to look at us. And, you know, we look back in our history, which you guys obviously got your degrees in, and we look at Paris, or we look at New York, and we look back and we read information about those stories, about what was happening at that moment, and that's happening right now here in Los Angeles. So we're living it. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't, Think of anything more exciting if you love art than what's happening right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as far as, like you mentioned, you know, New York City being the primary art hub, and then in the past 10 years, LA has come up and definitely been a contender. Do you think there's specific differences in the art scene in New York City and the art scene here? Like things that make LA different and things that make New York different? I was going to ask a version of that, like what does LA have to offer that other art cities maybe don't? Well, I mean, I think there's many different approaches to that answer to the question. So I'll take it from a collector or an art show perspective, kind of in what makes Los Angeles and what's different about it. And from my perspective, from an art show, it's from a collector. And does that city have collectors? Because the only way people can fly from these 18 different countries that are here and really make it worthwhile is, unfortunately, only if they sell things or they create interest. And from that perspective, you need collectors in a community, and you need a community that honors collecting. And I would say that 24 years ago, LA, even though it was a very creative city, didn't have a lot of major collectors or individuals that, even if they're not major collections, but even individuals that really honored collecting, they honored kind of, oh, it looks like Andy Warhol, it's a poster, that's good enough for my home. And that's a very different statement than somebody that wants a print. And it's not about just being super wealthy and only collecting like an Eli Broad that has his own museum and really valuable things. I think it's also very much about that passion to have original things around you and surrounding you. And I think that anyone almost can collect that way. And so I think that what's really started to change and what I think really makes an art community from a show perspective is collectors. And I think New York, I even walk down the street in New York and you look into a brownstone window, you can see great paintings on the wall or prints or something like that. And I don't mean great by the fact of, oh, that's a Renoir that's worth $20 million. I just mean like you look in and you see something that's wow, like that looks like a nice painting or an interesting painting. I might even not recognize who painted it. But it's original art. And I think that now L.A. is starting to embrace that. And I think that people are starting to say, and that's why I hope everyone that comes wants to take a piece home and, and enjoy the L.A. art show the rest of the year by having a piece that they want to live with and they want to enjoy. And I think that L.A. is getting to that place that people really do want to do that and form collections. Mm -hmm. 
And I think from an art show perspective, that's the important aspect that is different in New York and what's changing in Los Angeles. I mean, you can say about museums, you can say about artists living there, you can say what galleries are in a city. Those all are a part of that equation. But from an art fair perspective, I think it's about collectors and people being excited about forming collections or having original artwork. And maybe I term collection, you know, if you look at me, I have like a whole warehouse that I have to put my collection in because I'm addicted to collecting. But a collection can be two or three pieces. So I'm not saying you have to collect lots. It's just about the approach to art and wanting an original thing in your environment. Mm -hmm. From the perspective of a collector, with the state of contemporary art and how rapidly people are integrating new mediums and we have a lot more like performance works or immersive works that are experiences as opposed to just something you hang on your wall. How does that kind of play out in the collecting world? Because I mean, with this show, you've obviously incorporated a lot of work like that. So how do you strike that balance? And like, how does that work play in to the LA art show and like collectors and collecting? Well, I, we just had a dinner two nights ago and one of our performance artists, Sarah Troush, were at dinner and I kind of asked her that question. I said, you know, I have my viewpoints about it, but you as a performance artist, how do you survive besides getting grants from museums and that kind of thing? But how does that translate to the collector? And, and I think in some cases, in her case, she was at a fair that was all only about performance art you know, she did up this piece of paper and she was able to sell that to sell like the process of doing that performance again. So I think that that performance world has kind of started to figure out how to do those things. From my perspective, I think it's a really interesting question. Like, what is it that collectors want to collect? And I don't want to put any limitations. So if they want to collect that piece of paper and they want to collect a huge collection of that, that's what they're inspired by. I just think that people should collect what inspires them. And whether it be that document from a performance or a photo of a performance, and I think it's great to be a collector of experiences. I think we all are. Every day we have experiences and we collect those things. But I also, as a collector from my perspective, want to have things that I can interact visually with and I can place on my wall and I can touch. And I think that there is something about a collector gene and I don't think that gene's died out. I think it's still there. That it's also owning something. Like, I can smile when I go to see my friend's home and they have something beautiful that I really appreciate. And I love seeing it. But there's also something about having that tangible object that is part of my environment. And I've brought that piece in and I own that piece. And it's part of the process. Definitely. Kind of going off that. This idea of collecting artwork and collecting experiences, obviously we live in a time that's rampant with social media and the way a lot of people collect the artwork they see or they collect the experiences they have with them is by putting it on their Instagram or capturing it that way. How do you see that playing out? Like, how is that affecting the world of art collecting and how do you think that's different than actually collecting? I think it's still collecting and I think it's about sharing. And I think that one of the great things that I love in, in having my collection is being able to share it. And I think that's what you're doing on Instagram, right? Is you're sharing and it's a broader community. But I still think that we all have that broad community and that we share with. But I also think that we have a more intimate community. 
And I think that how we share something even more, I don't want to say more special, even though I just said that, but I think special and more intimate is that it's something that's in our environment. That when we invite that person into our environment, it's reflective. And I think that people can say, well, I want a very clean environment. I don't want a lot in my environment. Then maybe it's more like when I lived in Japan, like the homestay family I lived with had a, a tea room. And in that tea room was completely empty except for where you made the tea and this little alcove that during certain seasons, they would put a different ink painting and a different flower arrangement there. And it was part of the beauty of that space. And it was a very... And tea ceremony is a very engaged and intimate process, I feel, mm -hmm. when you go in there. And so that ink painting that they chose for that occasion was very important. And it was representative of that occasion and that moment. And I think that that's what you can do with a collection. Maybe your whole collection isn't out on view. But maybe when you have a certain guest over, you have something that's reflective of what you want to share in an intimate experience with that person that's coming into your space. So I think that it's all about sharing and it's all about collecting. It's just how we do it. And there are new models of how to do that. But I still come back that that isn't the end of the model, that it's just about social media, that as human beings, we still want to share intimately and we still want to have things that we respond to, whether that emotion is a beautiful painting or whether it's a sh shocking painting or whether it's an image of a performance that we saw that we're going to share that story. It's still something that we've experienced and we want to then share in a more engaged way. I like that, that idea that sharing is sharing, whether it's ownership and sharing that way through firsthand experience or sharing digitally, social media, whatever. Yeah, I like that a lot because then it doesn't put a negative spin on social media and all of that and ingesting museums through photography, which we see all the time. Yeah, and I also collect ethnographic material and many of those objects are historical material. Uh -huh. But I think many of those people, the reason that they brought back things when they went on a ship for four months and then came back to some country and they brought back things from that country was to share and to inform that there's these other things that are out there in this world. And I think that's what we're doing in, with social media. And many of the collectors I know, they started collecting because they went someplace and had an experience. Mm -hmm. And then they got more engaged in that experience or that culture. And then they wanted something from that culture when they returned. And I think now we engage with that experience and that excitement of that experience. And we want to share that. But I still think there's something about bringing something with you or getting something later when you reflect more on that experience. And you go like, God, like that experience is still resonating within me. Yes, I've pushed it out on social media, but that's for that moment. But I think internally, we still have those experiences. And what resonates with us, at some point, we might want that in our environment. I really like that approach because it captures the social element of sharing these things on social media because I do feel kind of going off what Natalie was saying that a lot of people are quick to be very critical, especially a lot of people that are maybe more established in the art world or like more established in the art gallery community. A lot of times there's a desire to be very critical of how this is damaging, but I like that it's this idea that it's just another way of kind of the same idea and that we can still have both and it's still a way to have a social communal experience of our work. 
think that's a more full way of looking at the issue, I guess. And we open the show talking about accessibility. And I think that it's a point of accessibility for people. It's something that people understand and can do and feel a part of without feeling intimidated or mm. like they're not in the club. Yeah, exactly. While I think there was a period of time where the idea of art collecting was very much attached to an elitist, like certain people get to do it. Now we have a different way where like everyone gets yeah, to it's, do it's it. It's opening up. Like the people who are going to collect art are still going to collect art. Those people aren't going to jump ship and then only want to take photos of art. If mm-hmm. you have that desire to get it, you're going to mm-hmm. go find it. Like those people aren't going anywhere. So it's just opening it up rather than... Yeah, and I would even say... Probably if you have an interest in art, even just in a social media sense, that could grow into a desire to collect art as well. I believe and I hope it does. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. We do too. So one other question, being in this industry and in the art world, what, let's see, what's the best way to phrase this? Well, I guess, okay, I had a couple questions. Being in the contemporary art scene in Los Angeles, you brought up Hollywood and how Hollywood is like the mainstay of Los Angeles and what people think of. How do you see those things interacting? How do you see the contemporary visual art world and like Hollywood interact in Los Angeles or how do they play off of each other? Do you see the relationship there at all? Well, I think it's an important relationship because I think that people around the world do view L.A. as Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think that many of the galleries that come to Los Angeles, no matter what level of a gallery they are, one of the first questions are, what celebrities am I going to see at the L.A. Art Show opening? (laughs) And so I think that L.A. is known for that. And so I think it's wonderful when those celebrities that do collect share that they collect and that they're engaged in the art world because I think that, from my perspective, art should be a valued thing to enjoy and collect. So if a spokesperson that has a following or their word means something is willing to say, like, hey, I enjoy collecting, then hopefully that does allow somebody else to say, hey, collecting is kind of a fun, cool, exciting thing, which I think it's an amazing thing. And I think the community of collectors and sharing stories in that is full of interest And I think it goes beyond just even contemporary art. I think that there's lots of art forms out there. Like, as I said earlier, I'm involved in the ethnographic world, the tribal world, the American Indian world, ink painting that we have here at the show. And I think that people can collect a wide range of things, but certainly the celebrity aspect of it is about them just sharing that their excitement and their pleasure in collecting. And, and that's what I hear from celebrities that come to the show all the time is that, wow, like, you know, it's so exciting. Like two of the people that were our art ambassador and our host on Wednesday night, one of them walked in and went by Gallery Bach from Korea. And as they were walking into the booth, they were like, wow, like I've never seen that artwork before, or that artist. And I have to get over there and take a look. And I mean, that's one of the great things about art, right? And that It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or not, but certainly doesn't hurt to have (laughs) celebrities out there being excited about art and putting the attention onto Los Angeles. As you were saying that, it kind of reminded me, we were wondering if you noticed any 
trends in medium or styles that have kind of shown through this year or a particular medium that you're excited to see more of or really interested in? Well, I'm excited to see a lot more ink painting and that's why I've been working on that. Is that a hot thing right now in the art world? Not at all. (laughs) Would I hope that maybe it becomes more important because more than half the world's population is very aware of it? And that the Western world begins to understand it so that we can have an international dialogue about art rather than only about things that were started in the Western world. I think that's an exciting thing and something worth having Mm -hmm. because I think that art should be an international and a global conversation and not just be led by a certain group of elites. I think that there is an amazing art being done all over this world And no one should have the right to completely discount something before they really understand something. And so I think that it's important that we look beyond what is in our frame of reference. And I think like even when I went to school and I did a very diverse program from marketing to philosophy to some art history classes, but the Asian art history classes were very separate And if you were getting a degree in Western art history, you maybe got a few of those classes, but it wasn't really a big part of your curriculum. All my life, as I said, I've been interested in American Indian art, and it's something that I have great passion for. But in most art history classes, degrees that are taught all over the United States or all over the world, there is nothing about American Indian art in those courses. I think that there is a broader world that we should engage in, and I hope that a comprehensive show helps to do that. Yeah, you're speaking to our hearts right now. Like, this is something we talk about a lot. And yeah, in the academic world and just in the art world, how, and it's getting better, but how we need to just keep pushing farther and farther away from this idea that there's this set group of mostly Western artists that are important. It's like, no, there's a whole world of really interesting people doing really interesting things. But for some reason, the way it's taught has been very sanitized and very like we just zeroed in on the western art history so yeah that's something with our show all the time we're trying to expand fantastic (laughs) we're trying to expand (laughs) as much as we can and talk about art from all different demographics yeah which makes it so fun to come somewhere like this and see art from all Mm. over and all I don't know. We've seen older art. We've seen brand new art. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. We've had a really good time checking it all out. Yeah. You turn every corner and it's just like something completely new. Like it's like a shock to the senses everywhere you go. And it's been a lot of stimuli in a very good way. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that because that's the goal. All right. If anyone has questions. Yeah. Does anyone have questions for us or Kim? Oh, we got a question back here. Hi. Okay. Thank you so much for this amazing event. I'm visiting from Europe and it's incredible. I myself am a performing artist. I was just curious what the public's reactions been to the performing artists here who are incredible, by the way. That's more of a Kim question. Yeah. I can you take know? that, but have you heard? <laughs> oh, so far, it's been very exciting online, a lot of positive feedback and in person. And I think that the performance artist is something that, you know, we talked about how performance artists can make things happen. And from an art show perspective, I am excited to have performance artists from different places because it's really about that moment. 
And even though I've been saying how you'd want to take a moment home, but I also think it is about that experience and performance artists are creating something in that moment that if you're not here to see that, you can never really fully have that moment. And so I think they have a very exciting place in an art fair because it really gives you a reason that you need to come for that moment. And so it's wonderful to have Sarah here from France and to be able to share those moments with this community in Los Angeles. And the response has been fantastic. And I look forward to the response growing as the attendance grows over the next couple of days, because usually Saturday and Sunday is a lot bigger attendance. But every year we've had, for the last three years, we've had performance. Before that, we did not. And I've noticed a great shift and people looking forward to like, well, who's, who's the performance artist next year? There's a question here. Hi, I actually am an Art History Babes fan and listener, and I'm an artist too, and I'm really interested, I don't know if this is so much a question, but maybe you could comment on it, all of you, because it's come up. This whole idea of, Kim, you were mentioning art as being experiential, even if it isn't interactive, because you look at a piece and you remember the story associated with it, how you discovered it, and how that makes art more accessible to people who maybe aren't that knowledgeable about art, but they still can look at it and it may bring up some sort of narrative that makes it relatable. And I, I know that's not kind of vague, but it's something about the discovery of art, even if you don't have knowledge about it. I just wondered if you could maybe talk about that in terms of how it makes it accessible and how the LA Art Show maybe helps with that. I know that there are a lot of people who come who just come because they hear about it and there's a buzz about it, but they may not know that much about art. I can start with just being someone who has studied art for years now. My most memorable arts moments are still the ones that were those kind of discovery moments where I happened upon something. And that emotional charge that you get <clears throat> when you find a piece of art or a style of art or something that you really connect to in person and you experience that is, from my experience, stronger than any educational experience I've had. And they're the ones that always come up in conversations about meaningful art and things that have maybe been turning points or important in our journey of, well, our weird journey. But <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, well, your art's journey and what really speaks to you. Yeah, that discovery has been something I couldn't do without. Yeah, I think just this is my opinion, I guess, and my perspective from being at this show. What this show does really well, and I've been to, you know, some other shows and some other spaces that do it really well as well is, yeah, like you mentioned, you have a lot of people coming here that are just here because they hear buzz about the LA Art Show and they're like, hey, I want to go check that out. They might not necessarily have an interest in art, but that's like the biggest part of the battle. Like you just have to get them in the door and then they're very likely to have that experience yeah. that you're describing because there's so many different types of art, so many different things. If you can get someone in the door to a space that is just full of art, I feel like they're bound oh, to sure. have that experience <laughs> with something. And I think this show does a great job of making it this accessible, fun, buzzy thing that people want to want to be there, whether they know if they like art or not. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't know, that's from my perspective. But. And I think that's the goal is to give a wide range of objects and art 
pieces so that people can really see what they're responding to. Because I think it's much more exciting once you've seen something that you respond to than to learn about that, than to try to learn about something before you've seen something that you can respond to. And I think that that doesn't limit either direction, but I just think it's much easier once you have that spark to go deeper into something. And I think that as I travel around and find new art or go to a different country, and maybe I'm not even at an art show, or maybe I'm in the jungles of the Piten in Guatemala and I come across somebody that's doing something, that that then sparks an interest. And then I want to find out more about that. And so I think that it's just great when people are open. My hope is that I think that many of us follow blindly or not blindly, but that we hear about something that's cool and exciting. So I want to make the LA Art Show as cool and exciting (laughs) as I can so that I can get people in that door. (laughs) Because once they're in that door or they're having that experiential experience when they're traveling around, that once they see something, if they're open to it, And I think that the more exciting something is and the more society says this is something that's exciting, then the more open people are to it. And I feel that most people, if they're open when they look at art, they're going to find some type of art that they respond to. And I think that that benefits people in their life. So I'm excited because I don't think there's ever been a time that there has been as much comment or excitement about art. There are more art shows happening in this world than ever before. And I think that there are more people going, it seems, when you talk to them about art, they go, oh, I like art. And I'm excited living in a time that there are a lot of people that are excited about art. Yeah, you're definitely speaking our language because I think a lot of just what you're saying is where we come from and the idea that if we can get people to realize that art does have an effect on your everyday life and that you can relate it to that Netflix series you just binged, like you can relate that to something about art and art history and then like something clicks and then all of a sudden people have an interest in art that didn't realize I have an interest in art. And for me, doing what we do, that's the best feeling in the world. When someone comes back after listening to a an episode and is like, I didn't know I liked this until you guys talked about it. So yeah, that idea of getting new people interested in something that's so basically human, like art and art making is just so, it's so human. And I think everyone can find something about it that they love if they give it a chance, as long as we give them spaces like this to do so. And I have to thank everyone that comes to the show and might talk to one of my sisters that volunteer here or other people that work at the show and say how much they love being here because and a show like this does take a lot of energy from a lot of people. And I might only sleep a few hours a night for about a month <laughs> and probably not hardly eat. But what keeps me going is the same thing that kept me going when I was six and saw something that was art that I hear the feedback that people come here and they have a response that really, it affects them. And when I hear that, then all of this is so exciting for me to do and be part of. We totally agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions before we wrap up? All right, guys. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. So nice talking to you. Yeah. Thank you all for coming. Thanks, guys. Thanks. From Cabernet to Mo.
best way to phrase this. 